Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Press Play Action here on Jersey Nerds Productions. My name is Mitchell Lee. I'm with Brandon, too. And Brandon, it seems like your turn came last week as I was sick at the end of January and it came to you at the end of February. Every, everybody's getting sick right now, but I'm glad that you're feeling better, buddy. Yeah, I mean... To be honest, the the week that I could not be sick was was this week, so I'm fine with last week being a little bit sick. We made a we made a full recovery, and I'm I'm back. Nice. We're, well, yeah, we're definitely. Uh, um, this was like, the week that you could not be sick for because on uh, the day that the day we're recording this podcast, we're releasing it the following day, and that's when we are going to be watching Dune Two. I've already seen the movie. You have not. I'm going to keep my thoughts in my back pocket. No, I'm just kidding. It's on Twitter. It's on. I love the movie and I can't wait for when we do get to talk about that one. That's not today. However, that will be for the, we're going to include it in the February recap, which will also include you're seeing Madam Webb tomorrow. You get to uh, experience Uh, that. What what a, what a spectacular spectrum of, of movies. The spectacular um, spectrum of movies. If by that you mean spectrum in like 2017 when the Wi-Fi didn't work at all. Yeah, I yeah, I mean just oh man, like like they say uh like that quote in the wire, uh put the word out we're back up, like that that's what do do is put the word out. We're, it really is because it's been a, it's been a tough year. So that's 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 part of the reason why I've been so excited to talk about these movies in the past because this year has just been atrocious so yeah. far and we Rough are going start. to end the month of love not that you can't love in other months but february kind of got the uh the trademark as the the month of love with valentine's day we're gonna wrap this month up with the notebook one of the most popular romance movies of all time as far as i'm concerned and shakespeare in love an Oscar-winning romance that nobody really talks about anymore except for a controversy about why it won Best Picture. But we'll talk about both of those and all of that here in a second. We'll start things off with The Notebook. Brandon, I don't know about you. I had heard plenty about this movie because people be talking about it. (laughs) It, it, It's just one of those movies that comes up quite often. You know a few people that just love this movie. I wasn't there when it happened, but I remember some lady yelled at Sarah because she hadn't seen The Notebook. It was very strange. Uh, so we finally sat down and we watched this thing. It's directed by uh, Nick Cassavetes, starring Ryan Gosling, Rachel McAdams, James Gardner, uh, Jenna or Gina Rollins, Sam Shepard, Joan Allen and James Marsden. It was released June 25th, 2004. Now, Brandon, this movie, you wouldn't have expected it given how much this movie is discussed and talked about just, you know, compared to other movies from 2004. But this movie opened in fourth place and it never got higher than that. Now, it opened up yeah to the 13. way this is talked about is like this you movie think it, the box office yeah shit. it made 13 million dollars opening weekend and then it legged out to 81 million which usually a movie makes about three times the amount that it does on opening weekend 
So to yeah. make, I don't know, six times that amount is is really good. Do you think Nicholas Sparks plays a, a role? Because I, I think people just like Nicholas Sparks books, movies. Anything I think this was it? the one. I do think that that had something to do with it, but also that was kind of the first, at least that I know of, the first in that kind of genre of like the Nicholas Sparks. Uh, he had a lot of movies that were very similar. He had stuff like, I think it was Knights in Rodanthe, Dear yep. John, yep. Uh, The Lucky One, which is anyone who hasn't seen that movie because it's terrible. You're not um, lucky when you watch it, yeah. No, it's it's the kind the, of movie that the makes longest you think. Ride. Oh, yeah, the longest ride. That, I've, the I haven't seen that one. I I, I, I just know <laughs> I know movies that he has either like wrote the book about it or like he directed or wrote the movie. Yeah, so but this I, one it's his like own genre. He has like his own genre of like romance movies, like books. This... It's kind of weird. This and Dear John are probably like the most popular, not just movies, but books as well. Now, yeah. I'm sure that someone's going to come and yell at me and tell me that that's not the case. But I I, I don't really keep I know that the movies, Dear John and The Notebook, are the two that made the most. So <laughs> that's, that, that's I what mean, I'm going off of. But yeah. it was opening in the summer of 2004. The number one movie that week was uh, the Michael Moore documentary, Fahrenheit 9-11. And then in mm. second place, somehow we always end up back with the Wayans. I don't know why, but White Chicks opened up that weekend. Yeah, and but that made like more. A, it's like an okay movie from them. Actually. And then uh, the next weekend, it ran into a juggernaut because before the Fourth of July came, uh, Spider Man Two came out, mm, so yeah, it ran yeah. into that. But it was some nice counter programming because a lot of the people that wanted to see Spider-Man 2 weren't going to see The Notebook, so it wasn't really running into that same audience. So it just yeah, stayed fair. in theaters for, or, for a bit and kept making money. If people were about double features, be, be like, okay, I'm going to take my girlfriend to see Spider-Man <laughs> 2, and then she's going to be like, okay, now I have to see another another movie. It's my choice, The Notebook. Um, that would have been a, a move for a lot of people probably. But yeah, not a lot of crossover uh crossover audience there with, with those two movies um that is a juggernaut to go up against so it makes sense why now, it probably oh yeah fourth for a while yeah that's crazy 2004 had some heavy hitters i mean shrek 2 the day after tomorrow harry potter and the prisoner of azkaban spider-man 2 you had some yeah i was gonna say that, day after tomorrow was i mean that's like the sequel was that a sequel was that the sequel to no but people were original. really into yeah. those uh roland emmerich disaster movies in the 90s and the 2000s before people realized yeah. that oh crap these movies are terrible some well, of them are fun like well, I, yeah. I will always i will always stay on the movie 2012 that movie's that movie's fun no i love 2012 and and i think day after tomorrow like has its moments but yeah that's a i mean it's not like high quality so um but yeah in terms of box office success like yeah but i mean in terms of the notebook i it's just weird because people people talk about it like it's like this amazing romance movie that made like all this money like you were saying and it really didn't make that yeah, much money. yeah like you would think that it made as much as something like titanic but it definitely didn't and right. This movie did something that used to happen, I feel like, all the time. But it doesn't happen quite as much anymore. 
and I'm curious as to why that is. I don't know why that is, but 53% on Rotten Tomatoes. But Cinema Score audiences gave it an A, and everyone that sees this movie seems to love it. But the yeah. critics just didn't really care for it. You used to see that kind of thing all the time. Yeah, is it because it was like, is it because it's in Nicholas Sparks like special? <laughs> like, is that like, is it's they're like, oh, we're we're tired of Nicholas Sparks like tricks or like I don't know because this was this was before yeah, this, this was, was before the beginning of that. Stuff. Yeah, so maybe they were just I don't I mean it's a pretty standard romance like story, but I, I don't know. I mean, the way they tell the story, I think, is unique too. Like. Like the the device at which they used to tell the story is pretty cool. So I I don't know why critics like wouldn't like it as much as the audience does. I mean, not to give away my score, but it's definitely not a fifty three percent on Rotten Tomatoes type of feeling when I watch this movie. I have a little something that anyone hearing this would just be like, "Huh? What? That makes no sense." So the director, uh, Nick Cassavetes, said he wanted someone unknown and not handsome to play the lead role of Noah. So he cast Ryan Gosling. Was I mean, Ryan great Gosling casting already job. famous? Yeah, was he already famous? Like, I feel like he, he was. He wasn't really famous. This was kind of, he had been in some stuff. Like, he was in Remember the Titans. But yeah, he, yeah. he wasn't really like a a leading man, so to speak. And this was kind of the movie that, I don't want to say propelled him, because I still think he was kind of like, up and coming in the 2000s and then the 2010s really you know vaulted him to where he is now but this was definitely the launching point for ryan gosling getting more leading roles and stuff like uh fracture or half nelson or uh blue valentine in 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 2010 and and getting more stuff this isn't hate on gosling because he's a very gorgeous man how dare Um, you yeah, he's he looks really good, but I will say this is like his awkward years when he didn't look as good. Man, I'm with and you. So, I think that he so looks maybe a lot that's better. What, I actually kind of like what the director. I mean, if that's what you say, like you get he's you got an awkward looking guy. Now, I don't, I wouldn't go necessarily that far, but if you were to see Ryan Gosling ten years from when this movie came out, yeah, you're definitely totally like, different. all right, he's aged. He looks a lot better now. Then, like, he looked a lot better in his 30s and 40s than in his 20s, which I guess that's just Hollywood. But yeah, exactly. Uh, but, um, I, you can make I guess the same case for Rachel McAdams. I mean, yeah, Rachel it, McAdams, this was a, a big time for Rachel McAdams, too, because she had, uh, she was in Mean Girls a yeah. few months before this came out. So she had this to be was the driving the, force of this movie. Like, Go see Rachel McAdams because you just saw her in Mean Girls. Like, yeah, because everyone loved Mean Girls, and then this came out. So I think a lot of that audience was like, "All right, I really liked her as Regina George. She stole the show there. Let me go check this out." And then, I mean, these two are both still putting out great work to this day. Yeah, no, um, it's an interesting casting like pairing together in terms of like their romance together. And yeah, I, I think they're both in like, they are very beautiful looking people, but they're in awkward years. Um, Are they, are like the casting or like the makeup, whatever they were able to do, they were able to make them look younger. But then like when you get deeper into the movie and you see them older, it like, it kind of like works. Um, 
Like they weren't like in such an awkward stage where you couldn't like see them passing for 35, 45, but you also can't see them passing for like 17. Like it, it kind of worked on both, on both levels. So um, yeah, really like that part of, of the casting. And I think they both make the movie to be honest, because I really liked how, like I said, I really like how they told the story and we can get in more into like plot and like what they exactly do. But I the movie doesn't work. Yeah. The movie doesn't work with Gosling and McAdams with the, like it doesn't work unless they work so yeah no it absolutely has to as it is for any romance but particularly something like this where it's more of a romantic drama than it is a a comedy you absolutely have to buy that these two are in love and they do have that chemistry and ryan gosling and rachel mcadams absolutely have that i've been struggling with trying to figure out how to talk about this movie because there's two different kind of parts to it. There's this yeah. part that takes place at a nursing home where this older man is coming in and he's helping out this uh, this elderly woman who is having uh, – she, she's, she's in a nursing home. And, and you don't really know what the uh, issue is with her at first, but then you, you slowly begin to find out that she's uh, having issues with her memory. And he comes in and kind of just like reads to her so that, you know, she has something to think about and it kind of helps jog her memory with some things. And then it cuts to a, a different place in time with uh, Ryan Gosling and Rachel McAdams. And they're in South Carolina because all of Nicholas Sparks movies take place somewhere in the Carolinas. I don't know how many of these movies that you've seen, Brandon. But they're all either in North Carolina, South Carolina, maybe there's one in Virginia or Georgia, but they're all kind of in that area, usually by the beach. But this one, I don't think is, I don't don't think it's by the beach. Yeah, something like that. Um, And you've got this guy, Noah, who's played by Ryan Gosling, and he sees this woman played by Al, or played by Rachel McAdams named Allie, and he's like, I got to have some of that. And he jumps on this Ferris wheel, which just, hurt my shoulder looking at uh and he Crazy basically start. yeah he's basically like hanging on to this ferris wheel and he's like i'll let go if you don't go out with me which honestly if i was rachel mcadams to do. if yeah. i was rachel mcadams that would be a red flag to me not necessarily a turn on but I guess when you look like Ryan Gosling, I think it was a red a flag to be, to be honest with you. Cause he, he, <laughs> he got in the middle of, of these two that were like dating. Like they were on like a date, I guess at the fair, he just sits in between them. And he's like, hi, my name's Noah. And, and the guy's like, who is this? And he's like, he's like, I'm on a date here. Like, what do you like, get out of here? Like, Oh, it's just too good. And yeah, he, he basically threatens her, which is very sociopathic uh, of him. So, yeah. Great. Nah, man, Great it's romantic. Intro. You've never, you've never done that before. <laughs> Not to that. I mean, jeez. I mean, hanging that, like a hundred feet off the—that's just kind of crazy to me. I don't understand it, but yeah, that's. I mean, how that Ferris wheel, like, that was a big Ferris wheel. To to put it, that is what I was kind of getting at. That was. And yeah. no, he if he had fallen from that, like, goodbye. It it's 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 done. He's not just breaking some legs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So. Good but, for him, but uh, Allie, yeah, I mean, Allie he, immediately he secured says, the date. Yeah, he secured the date. Good for him. Yeah, Allie just you know 
hearts in the eyes. I gotta actually no, it wasn't quite that sudden. At first, she's kind of reluctant to it, but she kind of plays along with it because this guy might kill himself and everybody in the town if if, if he doesn't get to go on a date with me. So I gotta I gotta go with it. God, being a woman is really difficult. Um, yeah, but uh. So, but they, they do spend more time together and he kind of talks about the things that he wants to do and they live, they live two different lives. He's got, you know, no money, but he has this house that he wants to build. Like he has the, the, the land and he wants to build this house and she has her entire life basically planned out for her. We've seen this kind of story a billion times before. Right. Maybe this is, I don't want to say the originator of that kind of thing because it's not, but it is definitely playing off a template that a lot of other movies would use in the 2000s, 2010s. Oh, Shakespeare's the originator of, of anything like this. Well, yeah, but, I guess that's true. And we'll get to that later. That's a good right. point. But yes, this is like textbook uh, romantic drama. Uh, you know, rich, rich person, poor person, separate lives. Oh, no, their parents don't approve. That's yeah. the thing. Her parents don't approve uh after he's he takes her to the house that he wants to build and he's like hey i'm gonna do this i'm gonna do that and she's like i'm gonna you know sit on your face and they spend the night together in the house in the biblical sense and her parents are like hey it's two o'clock you better be home and all hell breaks loose they're like you're not gonna see that guy again uh it's done it's over uh you know, this this poor boy isn't for you. You need to be with a rich man that can take care of you. And then that's just kind of what happens. They they argue about it, but... Uh, she says some I, mean stuff. He says some mean stuff. Yeah. And at the end, she's... Well, not at the end, but at the end of that particular argument, she goes to i don't remember what school it was uh but there's some school that she was going to go to in, in new uh, york yeah in new york yeah was it in new york yeah it i was think new it was york. oh but they went back to uh they lived in a different part of, they lived in charleston but this yep. uh th they were kind of at like their summer house or something like that mm -hmm. and so she goes back and noah's no, no, it's too late. Allie's already out of town. And I feel like kind of stopping there and saving the rest for spoilers because it does go into a few different directions after that Deep. with the, with the uh, older couple and yep. Ryan Gosling, Rachel McAdams. Rachel McAdams does end up kind of uh, being with James Marsden. And that's something that happens. Uh I'll say that I, for, for one, the chemistry is something that absolutely had to be there, and it was. But at the same time, I really felt both of their, like, inability to move on, I guess. Mm. Because Rachel McAdams, when she's in a different situation, she kind of has this guilt of, I should be really enjoying this, and part of me really is. But the second that she hears anything about uh about noah it's just like her husband doesn't even exist and and that's kind of also a red flag but also kind of how you know that you're in a situation that maybe you shouldn't be in yeah i mean 
it just yeah it kind of is what it is like i don't condone what what happens later on in the movie but uh it is very uh odd the twist and turns it takes and, and the mother is involved in uh yeah it's just uh very um yeah like you said not being able to move on from someone who you haven't seen in i mean how many years I don't think they did a very good time with the uh, the whole passage of time. I just think it was hard to like do that, to be quite honest yeah. with you. Um, I mean, World War II was thrown in there, which, you know, I mean, that was kind of like a little... Kind of came right yeah. out of nowhere. I mean, but it kind of makes sense if like, if like they're in Seabrook in 1938 and then, you know the the war happens in 1942 or 43 and like you know they do the call to oh you know it adds up it makes sense wise i'm not saying that it's just like in the story it just kind of like seemed to be something that was in there for like five minutes and then all right back to your regularly scheduled Uh, yeah i wonder if in the book it's like more of a like a, a substantial plot or like you know 45 pages 40 pages of like material rather than like Here's five minutes of like, oh, I went to, I went to, you know, I went to North Africa, then Europe, my, my buddy died in, in combat, like, but I come back, like, it's whatever. And then like, she joins the, the army as like a nurse. And then it kind of just like, yeah. And I, I guess the one thing we can talk about is she, she kind of meets her husband as he's like also in the, uh, in the military. And yeah, he's wounded. He, uh, yep. But he uh, recovers. And, uh, you know, because it's such a great way to meet someone is like, after I recover from these, uh, these horrific injuries, um, will you go on a date with me? It's such a, it's such a great pickup line. Um, and it actually well, you know who works. The director, you know who the director originally wanted to play the role of uh, that, that James Martin ultimately had? He who? wanted, he wanted Bradley Cooper. Oh, that would have worked too. Yeah, and I think that that was that, that would have worked as well. But uh, he's not someone that gets a whole lot to do in this movie necessarily. And I thought that his character, the one thing that I liked about James Morrison's character is usually in movies like this, they go the role the role refresh that they go the route of Titanic, where they just make the and it kind of works for Billy Zane in Titanic, where he's just this complete ass. But they kind of go like just make him like a straight up villain, like killing puppies or whatever, like shooting ducks in the head, something. They don't really but do that with with Lon. Yeah, they don't do that with Lon. They they don't do that. Now I think that they go a little bit too far in the other direction, where I think he's a little bit too much of a pushover. But at the same time, I I kind of just appreciated the fact that they didn't make him just a complete. You know, like, oh, here's villain, you know, husband against former lover, Ryan God, like Noah, like here's, here's villain. It would have been so easy to make him like abusive or something like that. So it's like, you're rooting for Ryan Gosling because this guy's the worst person ever. They don't really do that. And I appreciated that. Yeah. Cause. 
because then it does make the the decision that I guess we're getting too far in the weeds, but yeah, the decision is more impactful in my opinion because it's basically two yeah. guys. Yeah, so. the third act is definitely more. You, you feel it a little bit more because of that, but also at the same time, the third act has some stuff with the older couple that I like. Just steals the movie, in my opinion. I don't know. If I am. I'm. I'm. I'm not necessarily there with you on that because I liked it, but I also could have used a little less of it. If that makes any sense, I think they spend uh, a lot fair. of time with it at the end, and it kind of becomes the pri- the the primary story at the end of the right. movie. And I, I think that that was the right decision, but I I could have used maybe five ten minutes shaved off at the end this could have been an hour 50 as opposed to two hours and i think it would have had a uh, a much tighter uh just take out like one movie. or two scenes i, I yeah. do think there's a couple of scenes that you have to keep in um but maybe just tighten up even if you kept all the scenes in maybe just tighten up the scenes because there's some there's some scenes where it kind of lingers a little bit longer but um at the i gotta end ask of the you. day yeah i, I gotta, gotta ask you did you cry Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think it's hard not to cry when you're watching this, but maybe I'm just soft. I don't know. I mean, not that crying makes you soft, but you know what I mean? Maybe, no, maybe I, I just totally cry more. That, but I expected to, and I I got close, but I didn't. And everyone yeah. was like, oh, this movie's going to make you cry. And I, I maybe if I hadn't gone in with that expectation... Or maybe I'm just a I'm just a heartless bastard because the Green Mile didn't make me cry and everyone said that, that was going to. But again, I also like kind of knew what was coming because I had I had heard about it before, so right. it wasn't a surprise to me. And that might have had a little something to do with that. I I don't know. Yeah, I the mean, Sixth this- Sense. The Sixth Sense got me, and yeah. this didn't, which I would have never expected. The scene yeah, in the I, car with Haley Joel Osment got me in the sixth sense, but this this couldn't quite get there. Yeah, there was two scenes where I was like, wow, that's like really tough to watch and and they involved the old couple. It wasn't really like Noah and mm-hmm. Allie, like Ryan Gosling and McAdams. I think that's what gets most couple. people. There was a scene where I was like, damn it. Oh God. And we'll get to that in the spoilers. But they also did a really good job of it's it's on the damn poster. I'm not really spoiling anything for anybody. When Ryan Gosling and Rachel McAdams do eventually see each other after all that time, I don't think they did a good job of the passage of time as far as the moments in between. But I do think you definitely felt that we haven't seen each other in years. And it is kind of awkward to start, but we could pick things right back up type of deal. I think that that's a feeling that you just either nail it or you don't. And this movie had it. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. I mean, they really nailed that part of it. Um, yeah, I really, I, I like this movie a, a lot, like not, not enough to, to maybe overtake some, some movies on this, uh, on this, you know, reviews we're doing, but I, gotta say this is probably one of the better movies i've seen in the month so yeah i I really like this movie it's certainly better than anything in theaters right now before dune 2 comes out 
Uh, yeah. Fair. So if they were to, I, they should do some sort of re-release or something like that around Valentine's Day. I do think you'd get people to come and check it out the way that they kind of do for Love Actually and Die Hard around Christmas. If you release this movie around Valentine's Day, you'd get some some people in the seats. Yeah, uh, I, I think you'd sell out, especially in especially in uh, you know the area like North Carolina, South Carolina, Virginia, Georgia, where these movies take place. I definitely think that you'd have a a good a good audience there. And before we give our grades, I do want to get into something just real quick because I, I think that uh, a, one of the reasons why I wanted to do this particular podcast is not just to talk about movies from the past, but to kind of uh, maybe open the eyes of some people that maybe haven't seen some sort of stuff that's considered either classics or more like hidden gems type things. For a long time, when I was in high school or even early college, I only kind of watched like one type of movie. But then I was like, all right, let's check out some romance stuff. Let's check out some some horror. And then I kind of began to like a lot of different things from that genre. Give other things in genres that you're not necessarily the biggest fan of a chance. Because even if it is like, for example, horror, if you're not a big horror person, but you know that you're just not kind of into gory stuff, there's all sorts of things that you can find that don't fit, that, that that aren't gory. That aren't Saul. Exactly, yeah. If you don't think that you're a big fan of like romance-type movies, find something like this that is... It's not... It is kind of schmaltzy and that kind of thing, but it's well-acted, it's well-directed, and it actually makes you feel the feelings that they're going for. So just because it's a Nicholas Sparks movie... And uh, it's a quote unquote chick flick doesn't mean that you won't like it. If you're a guy and give it a shot, you might end up really enjoying it. And I know a lot of straight white dudes that are like, yeah, no, I like the notebook kind of saying that begrudgingly own it. No, no. Yeah. I I like the notebook a lot. Um, Yeah. I'm, I'm with you. Like where the crawdad sings, like, like, Go see that. Like, that yeah. was the same thing. Kind of coastal, uh, I think, North Carolina. Out of Banks, yeah. Out of yeah. Banks stuff, yeah. It, it's definitely so, not a romance movie. It's more of like a crime type of thing. Right. But but, I was actually thinking of that uh, about 10 minutes ago. I just couldn't I was too. place to, yeah. to, to bring but, it up. Yeah, like if, if you like that type of movie, like go see that. Like I just like open yourself to more genres and like. I think people would appreciate um, movies more in general if you open yourself up to more genres rather than just going like, oh, well, I really like superhero movies. I'm only going to see superhero movies. Oh, I really like crime, you know, crime dramas. I'm only going to watch crime like that. Like open yourself up to a little bit more. Um, I mean, animation is even like, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm all for it. Like go watch more animation stuff. So, yeah. I, Definitely. Um, I think I'm ready to get into grades if you are. Um, Go for it. Yeah. So uh, I'm going to give this one an A minus 88.9. And I feel like it's on the same uh, Branton, Branton, Branton. Now, we don't differ on grades all too much. I am glad that you gave American Beauty an A plus so that we did have something a little bit different. I'm also at an A minus, but I am on the lower end. I am okay. at a 38, just 38, even 38.00, just kind of lower middle A minus. It's a movie that I really like. I don't know how much I'm going to rewatch it necessarily, but 
I could see myself coming back to it. Yeah, I don't I don't think this is like a full blown rewatch for me. Like I'm gonna rewatch it like tomorrow or you know a week from now, two months from now, but I do it every think day. I will see this at some point again and I'll be like, Oh, I still like this movie, still makes me feel things. I still cry probably at the same part I'm I cried at this time watching it. Um so I, I really I just I really like this movie a lot. Um and, and like I just think Gosling and McAdams work. Whether whether the the way they get to like the date is kind of a little bit out there, but you know, once they get go on that date together, um, you can see the connection between the two and, and that's really what drives the movie. And then it, it's just really a story about like love and, 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 you know, two people loving each other through thick and thin basically. All right. Before we transition into Shakespeare and love, I got a trivia question for you, Brandon. Yeah. What's up? This movie came out in 2004. What was the highest grossing movie of 2004? Brandon. Was it Shrek 2? It was Shrek 2. Okay. I thought Spider-Man 2 would trip you up, but no, it was Shrek 2. Yeah, that makes sense, though, because Shrek was so awesome that everyone was probably like, oh, we need to go see this. Shrek 2 was a phenomenon, man. I can't wait till we yeah. eventually get to talk about, like, DreamWorks movies. Not all of them. Like, I can I can wait to talk about, like, Shrek the Third, but stuff like Shrek 2, Puss in Boots 2, the How to Train a Dragon movies, I am looking forward to talking about that stuff. But yeah. we're not doing it right now. We're going to talk about the movie that won Best Picture at the 1990, technically 1999, but for the film year of 1998, Oscars, Shakespeare in Love, directed by John Madden, Brandon. Not not that. Not that. that, not yeah. that uh, no, no, not, not, not that John Madden. Not the man who gave us the great football games, you know, the video games. Not, not yeah, that. No. Uh, although that, that would be very cool if I found out that this movie was directed by John Madden. That would be interesting. Uh, yeah. Starring uh, a lot of people. Gwyneth Paltrow, uh, Joseph Fiennes, um, Jeffrey Rush, Colin Firth, Ben Affleck, Judy Dench, uh, Imelda Staunton, Tom Wilkinson. There's a lot of people in this movie it's a big ensemble cast it was released december 11th 1998 and uh this was another one of those type of movies that because it generated so much award type they kind of opened it up in bigger cities and only bigger cities and then kind of slowly released it wider and it never got higher than third at the box office but it made a hundred million dollars domestically, two hundred eighty-nine million dollars worldwide on a twenty-five million dollar budget. So it was a very big success. It was uh, like it took the American fiction route that we kind of saw earlier this year. Oh, okay. American fiction made like twenty million total. This was like the Black Swan type thing. Oh, okay. Just, yeah, that makes it sense. It slowly just—it was never the top movie, but it just kind of kept being in the top five. Oh, okay. Yeah, I uh, made its way to being a, a I, really big. Success. I guess American fiction didn't get didn't get released enough widely for it to make any money. Really, out of the yeah. stuff this year that's been the kind of awards type thing, poor things would be the one that's done the best, and it, it's kind of stuck around more in the top ten than the top five, like yeah. this was. And this movie was a not just a big success at the box office, but it was also a big success at the Oscars where it won best picture over 
the favorite being uh, Saving Private Ryan. Uh, Gwyneth Paltrow won Best Actress for that, uh, for her performance as uh, Viola. And the one that makes it, it won Best uh, Best Original Screenplay. But Judy Dench won Best Supporting Actress. And it's kind of a famous win because she's only in the movie for like nine minutes. It's like one of the like lowest. She, she's the queen, right? Yeah, she's Queen Elizabeth okay. I. Well, that kind of makes sense, to be honest. If not to you know what's the movie, funny, but she's you know, awesome when she's. You know what's funny? She's not the only person that was nominated for playing Queen Elizabeth the first that year. That's because amazing. Kate Blanchett played in Elizabeth a, a a younger version of that character and was nominated for Best Actress and was seen as Gwyneth Paltrow's biggest competition for that role so we could have very well had two actresses winning the oscar for playing the exact yeah. same character reporting in best the same character yeah that yeah that's definitely happened before right or like that's... i i can't think of it i mean you had i'm two trying to abraham like... lincoln movies in 2012 but abraham lincoln vampire hunter was not represented at the oscars yeah, that's fair. Um, well, uh, maybe more. I was thinking like, um, because I think I saw a tweet about this. Like, there are people who have won like, like uh, the Godfather, like won a bunch of awards, and, and people won like Best Actor. But then, like the younger version of the character, they also won like Best Supporting Actor, like years later in like Godfather Two or something. So, um, maybe that's what I'm thinking of is like the same character like wins different awards from different people like portraying it um i mean i guess the joker falls in that category right like multiple people have won awards for playing the joker but, but not the it's same really not year. the same as like yeah not the same year that's like wild to me um maybe people just love queen elizabeth and like in like queens in england and what i mean maybe that's what it is like <laughs> people just love watching uh anything to do with uh with queen elizabeth um but judy dinch that that makes a lot of sense even though she's only in the movie for like 10 minutes now i think about it like she's I, really, really I, good in the movie that was a uh, very hotly contested oscar category that year i think kathy bates for primary colors and lynn redgrave for gods and monsters two movies i have not seen yeah. but they were the other ones that were, I think Kathy Bates was the favorite. If I'm not, mistaken. they were almost like, how did Kathy Bates not win? Yeah. But Kathy Bates won a few years earlier for misery. And sometimes they just don't want to give a performer. It's, too it's many hard options. to pull I off hate, the Tom Hanks. It's hard. I to hate pull when off they, the Tom oh, it's very difficult. They don't like to do it. I hate that. If someone gives the best performance five years in a row, they should have five Oscars five years in a row, but it doesn't really work like that. It's a very political thing. And maybe no better example of that than Shakespeare in Love winning Best Picture over Saving Private Ryan. And we got to talk about that fat piece of shit rotting away in prison, Harvey Weinstein again, uh, where he, I can say a billion terrible things about him, and I'd love to because I hate that dude, but he was kind of the Oscar whisperer of sorts. He was pulling all the strings, shaking all the right hands, kissing all the right babies, and, you know, trying to get big campaigns for the movies that he produced around Oscar season. And 
famously went around kind of telling people, hey, you know, Saving Private Ryan, you can vote for the first 10 minutes of that movie, but kind of what happens after that? And I would strongly disagree, but enough people kind of bought into it, listened to him, heard him out that uh, Shakespeare in Love wow. won Best Picture, and it's considered to be one of the biggest, the biggest upsets. And they surveyed a bunch of people that voted that year that said, yeah, I should have voted for Saving Private Ryan. That was a mistake. I mean, let's not mix words here. Like, sometimes you buy Oscars, and I feel like this one was probably bought in terms of best picture. Well, he did the same thing 12 years later. Everyone expected the social network to win best picture in 2010. And what goes home with the top prize? Weinstein produced the King's speech. Yeah. And And don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. They're all like money behind it, campaigns behind it. But I mean, I, I almost feel like with those two movies in particular, you know, overtaking the favorite, there's a lot of money being pushed behind, you know, one instead of the other. And, it just happens, you know, um, not right or wrong, but maybe we shouldn't take everything to heart when it's like, oh, well, it won an Oscar Best Picture nomination or like it won an Oscar Best Picture because like that's that doesn't always mean that it was the best movie of that year. Mm-hmm. Well, I'll go ahead and just dive into it. I did really like this movie. Do I think that it's a movie? I don't even think this is a Best Picture nominated caliber movie for me personally i know that's where i'm like how did this win best picture like i don't even think it's like i think it's i think it's an enjoyable movie i think it's really fun i think it's i think it's a good movie but i just where where is it it's kind of it's it's kind of a disposable crowd pleaser type of thing for me it's a movie that i would like i would recommend to like my mom or my grandma but it's it's uh, i'll go ahead and get into the plot it's about uh william Shakespeare. now this this is kind of like a it's not based on any story that we know of it's it's kind of just a what if shakespeare was doing this that and the other uh but it's about william shakespeare and he's very plausible that shakespeare was you know doing his thing yeah this time but yeah go ahead yeah it's about this playwright william shakespeare uh played by uh joseph fines who if that last name sounds familiar, that's uh, Ralph Fine's brother or cousin. I know that they're related, obviously. They look very, very similar. Um, and he's kind of fallen in love with uh, Viola, played by Gwyneth Paltrow. And Gwyneth Paltrow is uh, kind of a child of, of, is it a child of royalty or just a child of money? Uh, money more than royalty. Okay. Yeah, no, it is it is money because she has uh, this guy played by Colin Firth who is – is he a, a a lord? He's either a lord or a duke. Yeah, but, no. Uh, yeah. Lord Wessex. And he comes in like, hey, I'm, I've pretty much bought your hand in marriage. But she's like, yeah, but I'm – in love with William Shakespeare, I'm kind of with him. Meanwhile, didn't say she, that to him. <laughs> meanwhile, really she to him. is dressing. She's doing the whole Mulan thing. It was very popular in 1998 for girls to dress up like guys. Mulan was doing it, and Gwyneth Paltrow was doing it in Shakespeare in Love, where 
She's dressing yeah. up like a dude because at the time women weren't allowed on the stage in plays, and she really it was an abomination. It was yeah. I was... I thought that was I I didn't know that that was a thing. Uh, no, yeah, no, um, no, that's been a thing. That was a thing for a while. Like it happened with the huh. Romans, and it happened with the Greeks, and you know that just continued on and Good on. Lord, um, women really weren't allowed to do anything back then. Um. Well, actually, I'm not sure if it was the Romans and Greeks. The Romans and Greeks might not have had rules like that, but I do know that. But this is this men is, uh, portrayed women in plays for a while before you know someone broke that barrier. But this is late 16th century England here. Oh, that definitely was happening in late 16th century England. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, but they have what, that right that it that happens. And they're trying to put on a play of Romeo and Juliet. While all Which, this is going on, it's Jeffrey so Rush. Jeffrey Rush is this guy that's kind of like in debt to the the theater owner. Yep, and they're trying to make this play work. And there's this uh, th- that stuff with Colin Firth going on, and Gwyneth Paltrow's got to kind of keep the fact that she's who she is a secret. Meanwhile, Shakespeare knows and. They spend like a good third of the movie just having sex. Like, I was. Watching I wouldn't go that movie. far. I would say a quarter, but yeah, that's fair. man. I I would. Sarah and I kind of looked at each other at one point in the movie, and I was just we were just like, do they like even know each other at all, or do they just like have sex? Nah, Is that all they do. It's Shakespeare in love, man. He's, he's no, it's, it's no, it's Shakespeare in that ass. There's no, there's no love going on here. I will say, they. He sees her, at a ball, and he goes to his friend because his friend's like playing at the ball, like playing the music for the like reception or whatever, and he goes, like, who is that? Like, and he says it in a way more like Shakespearean way, but. He goes, oh, that's Viola. Who art thou like, ass? Like, yeah, something like that. And she, he's like, oh, that's Viola. You'll never, like, you know, get her. Like, you'll never be able to get her because she's, uh, you know, she's going to marry uh, Lord Wessex. And he's like, nah. He's like, F that. He's like, he's like, I'm about to stalk across the room and, you know, meet up with her. And she, and she sees him and she goes, Oh, Master Shakespeare. And so she obviously like knows who he is, but he didn't know who she was. It's like very weird. I yeah, I and I don't Can I ask quite you get something it. because Go I, ahead. you do a very good job and I need to start doing this the way that you do it. Sometimes I'll watch these movies like two weeks before we talk about them. Whereas yeah. you watch them like two minutes before before we start talking <laughs> yeah, about Yeah, I did like, watch oh, this last night. It's fresh as hell. Did he not know that that was her when she's like got that little fake mustache going and her hair is kind of short? Did he not oh, when know she's, that, that was when she's Master Kent or when she's well, yeah when she's Kent. Thomas Kent? Yeah, I, did she? Did he I not think, know? I think he knows. I think there's a point where he like knows because I kind of went back and forth like, okay, did no, he, know? he knows. Did he not he know? Knows. Was he just kind of playing um, along? Like, because I think he writes her a letter like for her and then she reads it and she's like oh my god he like knows it's me or whatever and then like yeah and i mean i look i'm not here to bash lord wessex like he's not a good dude but also 
is my man that like dense? He like knew that she was like sleeping with someone else, but he like I, couldn't put it together that it was like Shakespeare. Like she's I at the theater that, like every day. Like yeah. what is what is she? I, what do you think? Like I, I kind of thought that everyone in this movie was really stupid for a good chunk of it. Like people are really dumb in this. Uh, yeah, fair. I would say with the exception of Shakespeare, but there are some times where I'm like, nah, he's kind of dumb too. Uh, I like, there's a part of this movie where Colin Firth and uh, Shakespeare are in a room and he's like, what's your name? And he says someone else's name, like one of his biggest competitors as far as playwrights goes. And then Colin Firth goes after he kind of finds out that she's been, sleeping around with Shakespeare and he kills that dude. And I'm like, you saw what he looked like. Did, did at no point when you were killing the other dude, were you like, huh? Oh, that's you not look the same a little guy. different today. Yeah. That's not the same dude. Yeah. I just, it was very also strange. I'm not, I'm not going to pretend like William Shakespeare was the biggest name around by that point. Cause I think this is like, the idea is like this is his first like big play. It's like his big break. Romeo and Juliet's his big break. Um, so not everyone knows who he is, but the fact that she knows who he who he is, but like Colin Firth like has no idea who he is, and then like other people around town are like, oh yeah, Shakespeare. Like yeah, you have you run into Shakespeare? And like Colin Firth's character is like runs into him and like doesn't know his Shakespeare. I, I just find that hard to believe, but maybe it's because Colin Firth is uncultured and you know, he just he doesn't he doesn't go to the theater all the time, so he doesn't he doesn't know who the playwrights are. But uh, I just find that hard to believe. I'm with you. I don't know how you kill a guy who doesn't look anything like the guy that you were supposed to be killing. Sometimes the movie felt a little bit too costumey to me. Which yeah, I was fair. willing to give it a pass when it it's was also like 16th costume, century when it was costumes yeah. for the stage, but yeah, Colin Firth like Colin Firth's character has this stupid ass earring. Yeah, but you got to remember Mitchell in 16th century England, it was all about like dressing up. It was and, all about like, looking stupid. Yeah, look looking looking the part. So if that meant wearing stupid earrings, like like you know that's kind of what you had to do. So um. I don't know, but let's talk yeah, about I'm kind the of actors in this thing. Yeah, go ahead. Um, Gwyneth cause... Paltrow is the big star in this one. This was her Oscar winning turn. And I can't say anything about uh, the other nominees that year. Obviously, Kate Blanchett, probably the one that was her biggest competition in Elizabeth. Haven't seen that, so I can't say who I thought that seems like would isn't win. Isn't that a, very, a really good movie? Like people talk very highly of that movie, right? Actually, I don't. I uh, maybe maybe it's because they actually made a sequel to that, which you never usually see sequels to a movies. sequel to a Il yeah Queen Elizabeth biopic exactly crazy. Um, to be fair, if there was anyone you were gonna biopic a sequel to, like if you're gonna do like this is her early years, this is her later years, it would be. It would she be was nominated for both movies, but the second one was just kind of like she's good in it, but the rest of the movie sucks. But Fair. the first one was was seen as pretty good. I thought Gwyneth Paltrow was really good in this, but I don't think yeah. that she was take home the golden statue good. Yeah, but I guess you got to think about like what her competition was. But 
I, I, I do I think she say. was good. Yeah, I do think she was good. Um, a lot. Of I wish she would do just... more dramas. I don't see her in too much lately. Yeah, she's she's too busy concerned about like her vagina candles and not really acting in much. You know it. I mean, she, she can do whatever she wants. She has enough money. She can. I mean, I don't, I'm not going to judge should. her. Yeah, I'm not gonna I'll judge, judge her. the hell out of her. I just don't. Um, she I'm, named her, more... her kid Apple and sells vagina candles. Yeah, I'll judge her. Apple, Apple Paltrow? That's not, that's not a bad name. I like that name. Come on. That's not Apple a bad Paltrow? name. I mean, it would be, I mean, it would be better if it was like, I mean, at least it's not like apple butter or like, you know. Apple butter. Apple right. cinnamon. It like, is better I mean, than apple butter want... or apple cinnamon. Brandon, always yeah, keeping I mean, things in perspective. Yeah, I mean, you got to keep it in perspective. But at the end of the day, like, I, I mean, when she's in stuff, she's good. And I mean, she's good in this, like you said. I get the vibe from this movie, Mitchell. Like, this is like a an above average movie. It's enjoyable. But like this movie would never make like a top 15 or top 10 on like most years for me. Like I, I just, I don't think this movie is like this Oscar like winning movie. And maybe I'm just no. missing something. I I'm, I'm with you on that because Cause, cause look, I have a bunch, I have a bunch of movies that I'm like, Oh, that movie. Like I have no idea why it's getting Oscar buzz or like, but at the end of the day, I'm like, I can kind of see it like shape of water. Like I, 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 I thought it was okay. I thought it was fine. I didn't, but I'm lower on at the end of the you. day. No, no, sure. But at the end of the day, like I understand like why that might get like Oscar push or like an Oscar buzz. Like this one, I really don't, I really just don't get it because you kind of put the plot. Well, like they don't really do much together and they're kind of just in love and they just have sex all the time. And then like the movie is just like involved around this like play of Romeo and Juliet. And I, I don't really know what's going on to like make it an Oscar movie, but go ahead. I mean, well, what what about what about Joseph? Like, what about Shakespeare? Like, I think he was fine. I think he was good. I think he was very inconsistent to me because there were some scenes where I'm like, this guy is really doing a great job, and then there are yeah. other scenes I think where he has to be a little bit more when he's more casual. I liked him, but when he has to really turn up the juice dramatically, mm. I didn't think he had it. You know who my favorite character was? I wonder if it's the same outside one as of, mine. Outside of Judy Dench, and and this isn't because I really like this act, actor. I it, think it we was... have the same guy. Let's say it on a count of three. Three, Go ahead. two, one. Ben, ben Affleck. Affleck. Yeah, yeah. I that guy was I, awesome. I saw the cast, and I'm like, what the hell is Ben Affleck doing in here? But I kind of had the same reaction at first when I saw the previews for the Last Duel. And then I watched The Last Duel, and I'm like, Ben Affleck might be the best one in here aside from Jodie Comer. And in this movie, Ben Affleck is just like, he's really funny. He's got a good sense of humor. You can tell that he's like the actor that thinks a little bit more highly of himself than he probably should. Oh, but but at the end of the day, like he's he's a good actor. Yeah, it feels like he's the best actor in, in in like in general. He's the best actor in the play like spear at the theater like like oh like ben affleck's character is back to like perform in shakespeare's like new play and then he gives him like such a ridiculous role he's like oh it's mercutio in mercutio and then he changes the title of the play and he's like actually the play isn't mercutio and like <laughs> mercutio's character is like 
very yeah, he, he uh, dies small halfway role. through. Yeah, but he's like he dies such a passionate death, and and like Ben Affleck's character like finally catches on, and he's like, "You are such an ass!" Like, I mean, how dare you like get me to play this like small role? But then the, I, my I favorite that. line in the whole movie, my favorite line in the whole movie is when he goes to Shakespeare and he's like, "Oh, by the way, like the play's good, like, but you're still full of shit." And then he goes. Uh, by the way, I would call it Romeo and Juliet, just a suggestion. And it, like, takes off. It's like, yeah, that's, you know what, that's a great idea, Will. Thank, thank you for, for letting me, for telling me that. I appreciate it. Like, I just thought it was so funny. But, yeah, I think he's my favorite part of this movie. I mean, I I, I like Jeffrey Rush's character. Like, like the intro, the, the opening scene of, like, Rush's character and, like, the, I guess That's the boss not man. how I expected this movie yeah. to open. <laughs> not how I expected it to open. And um, I think it doesn't fit the tone of the movie at all. It doesn't, but I, I, I almost don't hate that, if, if it makes sense. Yeah. I almost, like, kind of appreciate it more. Um, because it's, like, kind of just, like, a weird opening. And then it's, like, oh, by the way, and then here's, like, here's Shakespeare in Love. Um. And, and like Tom Wilkinson's character is fine, you know. I liked him too. Yeah, I, I think there's a lot of like good performances, but there's no like great performances outside of Judy Dench. And look, I mean, we can get to it later with spoilers, but she is the best part on the screen when she actually comes on the screen. I don't opinion. know about that. I think she was number three for me behind Gwyneth Paltrow and Ben Affleck. Yeah, I thought fair. she was really good, but again, also she's in the movie for probably less than 10 minutes i i just don't know if she was good enough in that 10 minutes to take home an oscar so you're saying it's not a robert downey jr situation well robert downey jr had more time in oppenheimer and also that movie is three hours long whereas this is just two so but but if you think about percentages probably if you think about percentages it's probably similar in percentage yeah but percentage of a three-hour movie is still like a, lo- a lot more minutes of time you can make a bigger impact than judy dench is definitely i mean yeah she won best supporting actress i'm saying she's a supporting character clearly she is but she maybe gets like the seventh or eighth most screen time i mean amelda staunton might have more screen time than her in this movie and yeah, no one's no one's talking about her and I definitely think Judy Judy Dench makes more of an impact, but I I left this movie kind of how I expected to leave this movie. I mm-hmm. didn't think that I was going to love it, but I wanted to. I was like, all right, Best Picture winner 1998. Let's go. At least be on the Best Picture nominee level of something from this year, you know, American fiction type of thing where maybe you're not making my top 10 of a year, but you're getting close. And Poor things. Well, Poor Things was a top 10 movie for me personally, right, but, but this was But, you know, something, be in that realm, like be around there. And it just could never really get there for me. Maybe it's because it felt, I, I just couldn't really ever care about the characters quite as much as I wanted to. I do think that this, this movie feels stagey and there are some movies that I would use that as a, like, as an argument against it, but I think it works for this movie because of the fact that it is very much the uh, about the life of being on the stage so i i can't complain about it too much i'll, I'll go ahead and give my grade for this one if you don't mind uh, it's a it's a b plus 52.81 for me personally so just a little bit below where i came in for the french connection but above where i had ghost 
Uh, it's, but it's another case like Ghost and French Connection, where I'm just like, these were your Best Picture nominees and Best Picture winners? I, I feel like you had better movies in that year. Like, we will get some movies from 1998 at some point. And, you know, Saving Private Ryan, that, that seemed like a really good choice from that year. Every I've never seen The Prince of Egypt, but everyone that has seems to absolutely love it. I'm not saying that should have won Best Picture, but uh, I know that you're a big enemy of the state fan. That came out in 1998. Uh, 1998 really wasn't a banner year for movies now that I'm looking at it. 19, it seemed like they were uh, the, the Truman Show. The, the Truman Show would have been a great Best Picture winner. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, I'm all were... I'm all on board with enemy enemy of the state winning best picture. <laughs> uh, it seems to me like a lot of people kind of held on to their best stuff until 1999, that 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 next year. And, now, and... why would they would decide to go up against? Man, I don't get it. Because why, I think it? everyone kind of expected Saving Private Ryan to take the top prize, and right, nah, fair. So. That's a good point. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, yeah, I mean. In terms of the, that year, I I think Saving Private Ryan and Enemy of the State would be my favorite movies of that year if I had to like think about it. But I also haven't seen all those movies, so um, my grade. I mean, it's just it's it's. Would this even make a top twenty in most years? Like, I mean, I I just don't think it's like that that good. I mean, I it's good, and maybe it's just. Maybe it's more the expectations because it is the best picture winner. I just like expected it to be like this grand movie and this like A. But to me, this is a B plus 45.5. Like I have it below Ghost. I have it below Ghost and ahead of Warm warm Bodies. And like, I I don't know. I liked Ghost better. Like I just thought it told a better story. Like once you get past like this is about shakespeare falling in love with someone else there's not much like substantial things going on for me so yeah a b plus 45.5 i think i liked the overall just the cast of this i i think it made good sure. use of its ensemble yeah. cast and i think that, that gave it a little bit of a leg up for, over over something like ghost for me personally uh let's go ahead and get into none of these movies are really like I think we'll spend a lot more time with the notebook than we will Shakespeare in love. But even then uh, Shakespeare in love, kind of the big thing is as far as spoilers go, is that at a point that little, that little piece of shit kid that's like killing mice in the street is like, I, I saw Shakespeare grabbing on her boobies. And yet everyone kind of finds out that this clearly girl is in fact a girl. And so it's like, all right, I'm shutting down the play. Uh, the the play government or whatever the hell it is was like, all right, we're not, you know, you can't do your play here. So the other place is like, all right, you can do it here. We're going to squash our beef. The, the plays must go on. We're going to be in solidarity. And uh, after the most stupid escape of Viola in the little uh, – horse carriage with uh with colin firth where she just goes in and then leaves the other side while he's still outside and just like runs to the town or something 
uh, that was just a bit strange to, to do, me. To do the play, right? Yeah, yeah. she's like running into the, yeah. Playoffs. And she's like, you know what? I'm going on stage as a woman who cares. I'm, I'm putting it all on the line tonight. And the, the, the play goes well. And at the end of the play, Romeo is like, or uh, the, the queen comes down and says like, ah, we, I think we, this we, is Judy Dinch's like best night of work. I just think it's so funny. She's like, she's like, Master Kent, will you let Lord Wessex know? Like, he's lost the bet. I'm like, I can't do this. I'm like, she's clearly, everyone knows she's a woman. And she's like, just playing it off. as like, oh, that's clearly... It's clearly a guy. Like, what are we? Like, what are you talking about? Like, basically, just telling people to shut up. Like, that was a good play. Like, let's all move on. And then, what? I guess could this line have won her the Oscar when she's like, "Oh, I well, you know, I, I definitely know what it's like to be a woman in a man's line of work." <laughs> I was like, "Yeah, that's a really good quote." I was like, "That's a really good line." But uh, yeah, I I don't know. I just yeah, it was. Yeah, keep going, keep going. It Sorry. ends and I... it was fine. They they say their goodbyes as she goes off to uh it was it if, if they kept saying Virginia and I was like, oh, I guess that was a colony in the No no no. Lord Wessex is about to go to the colonies, but he wants a Oh, okay. To so it is Virginia as we know it. Yes, yes. Okay. And, but he wants a wife to take with him. Mm-hmm. to the colonies and that's why he he like he needs the like queen to like sign off on like him having a wife and then she's like well you know it's clear that she doesn't like you so you know she basically gives him like the old like proverbial political middle finger back then and it's like oh i guess you're just gonna have to go to the colonies without a wife because you're a loser <laughs> but then like, where does okay. where does she go the the queen? No, uh, Gwyneth Paltrow. Where does she go? I need to start watching these movies like the day to, before to live with Shakespeare. I mean, yeah, I mean, no, no, no. Because they they say their goodbyes. Remember, yeah, they say their goodbyes, and you might be right. He, you might be start, right that he starts he writing like, like the goes with him. the queen tells him like, "Hey, write something a little bit more comedic next time." Oh, so no, no, you're right. Yeah, so. The queen is like playing off that like Master Kent is still like a man, and he like is talking to Viola and is like, take these fifty, take this fifty pound to like Shakespeare and tell him to like yeah, tell him to write a comedy next time, and then tell Viola to come out so he can go with Lord Wessex. So like yeah, I think she still ends up going to like the colonies with Lord Wessex, but basically the queen at and like no subtleties is like you're a loser like why am i like like i i don't care if she's your wife like she clearly is like fucking another man (laughs) like you have no like backbone whatsoever and uh yeah it's just her lines i mean so you don't like judy dench's character because no i like her i just don't understand like taking home the oscar for this i don't get that at all Maybe it's just the way she delivers this stuff. Is she's like, I think she's better. And obviously, again, competition is important. We don't know as much about the competition of 1998, but I thought she was better in Skyfall in 2012. And I thought she had a better performance in that movie. No, I agree. She 
she wasn't beating Anne Hathaway for what she does. Anne Hathaway, uh, the great comparison, because Anne Hathaway had very limited screen time in Les Miserables in 2012. But you left that movie and you were like, damn, I know she wasn't in the movie for a large chunk of it, but that I dreamed a dream scene with Anne Hathaway just brought the house down. Well, and that's an Oscar-winning just song if, right there. If yeah, if you've ever seen the 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 musical like on stage, like that character is like the character you want to be. <laughs> like that character is on for like ten. No, no. Like, oh, in terms I was of, gonna like, say she's a prostitute notoriety. that dies alone. I don't really no, think that's who no, I want to be. In terms but... of like notoriety and like who like the like attention that you get for playing certain characters like you get the most the showy character. part as far as that yeah. particular song well, goes yeah you get I'm the most you. showy part and then you just go get to sit behind yeah the you stage get to go, you for get like an hour and a half the, rest of the night yeah and then and then and then and then you come back as like a ghost like one time and your 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 job's done that's fair like you that's sing, fair you sing I was like one first. song I'm like, I, I don't really yeah. think i want to that's not a life goal I mean, so like, good for Judy Dench for like, you know, like efficiency rating. Like she, she came in, she, she did her thing usage, you know. But like I she, don't know if it was that efficient because she probably had to sit in the makeup chair for quite some time. Getting those costumes yeah, on must have been difficult. That's a good point. That's a good point. I, I mean, maybe people just like Queen Elizabeth. It, it almost seems like people had an infatuation with like Queen Elizabeth in in nineteen nineties. So yeah. we just like, um, we just like lived. We like went. Okay, like if anyone plays like anyone to do with like British royalty, we're just gonna like give them an Oscar. We're gonna off. throw Oscars at them, apparently. Yeah. So, I mean, are you good with Shakespeare in Love? Because I just I'm don't ready. think there's a lot of I, yeah. yeah. There's but, not a lot of substantial like notebook plot time points to talk about. Yeah, no. All right. Yeah. So in the, it's obvious that the old man okay, and the how old woman. Obvious? Because like, within five the minutes, the second I, I mean, saw them, I'm like, I bet that's who that is. Yeah, and right. I know that they have different names, but like, I, I feel like, especially the fact that she has this memory loss, it makes sense that he wouldn't be so like, "Hey, I'm your husband." Uh, oh, because it would scare the living. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, so he kind of just comes. Across I mean, that's as what this, it is. This guy like that tells her stories, yeah. and tells her the story of kind of the the movie about them getting together and that kind of thing so that she can remember and it's it's a beautiful with, plot device i think it's a great plot device i think so it's too which is why i wasn't as like hey i knew that was coming why is like i i thought that it was a good way to tell the story and also uh i i said that i didn't feel the passage of time as much with kind of younger noah and ally and a few years later, Noah and Allie, but this definitely felt like two people that had lived a life together that was coming to a close because at the end they do kind of share a dance together, which is the same song that they danced to earlier in the movie. And it's a really, really sweet moment. But then her dementia kind of comes back in and she gets startled. Yeah, she snaps out of it. And that's, that's the moment that I was the most just like, uh that's that's um that's life and growing older it's together just, it's just tough to watch because yeah not that i know someone who's gone through that but i imagine if you've seen that like in person and like you've had people in your life who like have those issues 
Like that is just like a very hard thing to like over like she's basically at one point like yelling like like help me like who is this man who's like holding me like why is this like stranger like in my like room you know and it scares her and it's 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 a scary scene in terms of that and I, I started crying at that scene and then um and then a little later on there's like another scene between the two that's just like really powerful I think but it, I think they do a really good job of like making you invested in the characters. And then once, and then you're like, Oh, like she might snap out of it. Like they might get a miracle. She might, you know, regain her memory. And she does for like four or five minutes and then it just goes away. And yeah, I think it's a really powerful scene. Um, is there anything else spoilers wise you want well, to talk yeah, about? Yeah, we got to talk about the younger versions of the characters because yeah, eventually true. Allie comes and sees in the paper before, like, while she's like trying he on fixed wedding up the dresses. Plantation house. Yeah, he fixed yeah, up that, the plantation that he, house. That he fixed it up with his dad, and his dad has died, and he sees she sees that in the paper, and she's like, "I've I've just got to kind of go and see how he's doing." which yeah. is it's a gorgeous house too. By the way. No, it's really nice. Yeah. And she's like, Hey, I got to go and, and, and see how he's doing and catch up. And I'm like, no, you got to go do other things. Come on now. Who are you lying to? Uh, clearly, yeah, clearly I, your husband. Just uh, who, who did, what did she think was going to happen? Like, I just, that was like, I, I completely understand James Marsden being like, yeah, go do that. But at the same time, like, well, I, I just don't think he ever wanted to be like this. He didn't want to be that guy. Yeah. Yeah. Which and I he, understand he also at the end of the didn't day. didn't want to like force her to marry him. Like if she didn't want to marry him, she want to be like, oh, like, yeah. you have to marry me. Like at the end of the day, is. you either trust someone or you don't. And he took that leap and that that didn't really end well for him because the second she gets over to Noah's place, they start talking and then. <laughs> And then they spend the rest of the time just, uh, you know, sharing memory, going on the, this little boat together. He finds she finds out that he's been writing her uh, that whole year. That after so after they split from each other and like didn't see each other for an entire year for three hundred sixty five days, he wrote three hundred sixty five letters. But the is, the mom hid the letters, right? Which I thought that once that kind of came out she kind of turned as a character a little too quickly for me i got it i understood why that was the case but it just felt really sudden that she was just like yes go be with noah i understand oh no because you're skipping over like a major plot point as to why she feels the way she does about it she at at in the in the town of seabrook that they're in she also has a guy that she was going she was head over heels for fell in love with but why didn't they have that conversation at... beforehand before, i understood you, beforehand? But, but before they left yeah i don't know why the mom like kept why would you hold on her, to that and just like, like yell at your daughter at the beginning of the movie as 20 opposed years to sharing that yeah. yeah yeah that no i'm with you like just share at the beginning like look i was in a similar situation you're in like now the guy's working at the lumberyard. Like I just, but like, was that what she was trying to protect him from? Like, oh, I don't want you to like end up with someone who's just gonna work at the lumberyard all day. I'm like, but what's, what's wrong with that life? If 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 her family has a ton of money, 
Like her family is wealthy. Like she doesn't need someone. She doesn't need Lon Hammond of Hammond Cotton to provide for her. Her family is also wealthy. So I don't, is it just about maintaining wealth? I guess. I mean, that's, well, I think they had more money. The like Hammonds, like, hey, well, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. We do Hammond well. Cotton they had, do like, money, better. money. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, from what they made it seem like, they made it seem like Lon's family had like generational wealth. <laughs> like, like yeah. no one will be go, no one will be going hungry in this family for the next, you know, ten generations because of how much money they have. But um, yeah, I don't know. Um, do you think that scene with the mom like turns it? for you in terms of like oh i kind of i like the mom a little bit better now but i don't know i kind of didn't like her character it didn't really turn for me just because it felt sudden but yeah it's it's not a major gripe of mine that's fair i mean at the end of the day and then she hands her the letters back over and of course she starts reading the letters um you know she like reads the first one and she's like starts crying she's like oh my god i can't believe he like wrote these beautiful letters (laughs) to me and uh, and then I think the like climax of the movie for the young couple of Noah and Allie is like she has to make that decision between the two. And I do like the scene between her and Lon where Lon's like, look, I'm not going to force you to marry me. Like if you want to be with him, like go be with him. But I love you. And I, like you said earlier, Mitchell, they could have made Lon out to be like this villain and like this mean person. And he's really not like, if anything, he's the best character person in terms of like his attitude towards it all in the movie. Cause like at the end of the day, like he's not a bad character. (laughs) Like I kind of expected him to be a bad character and he's just not. So I don't know. And then at the end, they just kind of, they they die in each other's arms. Well, yeah, I was going to say the the last scene. Yeah, the very end of the movie. So I guess he knows he's like dying. Mm. But so that scene to me is the one that got me to cry because she was like, hold my hand as we like pass on. And he's mm-hmm. like, I'll always be here. And I'm like, oh, God. I'm like, I'm going to start, like, bawling my eyes out. Like, like dying in each other's arms feels like, uh, like, very, like, tough, tough scene to watch. Um, but, hey, you can put it this way, Mitchell. They, uh, they didn't have to spend one second without the other one in their life. So, if you think about it that way. It's uh, it's very beautiful. All right. Well, I think that that about wraps things up for The Notebook and Shakespeare in Love. Hope that you had a loving and happy February. Uh, if you went to the movies this February, you probably didn't love or were happy with too much that came out. Although, Brandon, I, I, I hear Lisa Frankenstein was decent, and I didn't get to check that one out. But I certainly had a loving and fun time with my Dune popcorn bucket. No, I'm just kidding. Just with the, just, just was seeing Dune two on Sunday. And I, I'm, I'm looking forward to watching that with you, I guess, technically today, since this is being released on 
the the final day of of February. Now, Brandon, we had a bit of a conversation about Go what ahead. we're going to do moving forward with some of these random podcasts, but it won't affect our immediate future. Our next one is going to be that February recap where we talk about Dune and then other movies like Argyle and Madam Webb and Bob Marley, but probably most of that time is going to be spent with Dune if we're being completely honest with ourselves. Then the Tarantino run begins with uh, Reservoir Dogs and Django Unchained. Then we get Layer Cake and Stardust. And then back to Tarantino with Kill Bill Volume 1 and Kill Bill Volume 2. Brandon, I'm looking forward to getting into some of these Tarantino movies. It'll be fun. Yeah, I... Part of me just wants to do Tarantino straight through, but I, I guess let's do it. Hey, I mean, I'm I'm down. We get I mean, not Bill. to not to push back Layer Cake and Stardust because I do want to see Layer Cake. No, nah, Matthew, Matthew Vaughn uh, released Argyle. He can wait a little bit, making me sit through that trash. Uh, yeah, no fair. But so so then I mean, I'm almost bastards and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood move up. Okay, you you had me at <laughs> at Inglorious Bastards. Oh, man. I know you love both of those movies, so I didn't have to. I don't have to try too hard to sell you on that. But yeah, Quentin Tarantino. Those first four movies. I don't know what you're doing with the randomizer or like how you're deciding to pair these two movies together. But those first four movies are kind of like bangers. So I will yeah, tell you how I uh, grouped those when we do those podcasts because I had very. They weren't just like random movies that I picked together. They were. Mm-hmm. I tried to make sense out of the ones. Obviously, Kill Bill Volume One and Kill Bill Volume Two. No duh, that's a, that's a softball. But yeah. the rest of them, you will find out why I grouped them together, and I think you'll enjoy it. So Fair yeah, enough. Uh, Tarantino, your uh, your time is coming, and uh, I'm just looking forward to seeing Dune Two again. It'll be a lot of fun. I think think you'll enjoy. It. And if you're listening to this, that means you like movies. Please go see Dune Two. Okay. We had a terrible 2024 in movies so far this year. January, February, the only good movies that came out were either The Beekeeper or holdover stuff from last year. You know, like if if you, like Iron Claw, Poor Things, uh, stuff that was still in American fiction. Wonka. No, Wonka. I wasn't the biggest fan of Wonka. But, no, or Godzilla minus one stuff that was still in theaters from 2023. So please support this movie because if we don't get that third one. I, I I might jump off a cliff. So just, you know, you don't it's want that. I don't lit. want that. We're getting the third one. It's already green lit. Yeah, but if it like if it if it does terribly, then but I, I don't think it will. I think it'll do great. I, I, I want I want a fourth and a fifth and a sixth. So go see the movies because I would. But, but, I Brand, would but, but Brandon, here's the thing. I also thought that maybe Blade Runner twenty forty nine, a previous Denis Villeneuve movie, would do better, and that movie bombed. And so, no, I think people know. I think I think people have realized how how effed up it was that that movie bombed he's not a and I know giant not, anymore i know i know there's some people on twitter who have the opinion that movie's not good you're that wrong is, yeah that opinion's false yeah but i will say that uh, he's about to crush dude okay i'll i'll, I'll just say it yeah, yeah all right well go go, go fade Rotho. let's let's go Thank you for joining us. If you haven't seen The Notebook or Shakespeare in Love, please go watch them. Make your own opinion. And 
you know, maybe, maybe they're classics to you. So we'll talk to you soon.